All right, folks, we are back. Week 11. Jesus, this this season's flying by. Uh, got, got hopefully some more fire picks. Most of us, I think all of us actually, uh, had a winning week last week, which is shocking because one of us is barely above 40%. Uh, but good week. I hit on my game of the year last week. It was done by the third quarter. Didn't have to worry about it. It was, it was fun. Uh, coming up, we got college basketball show. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up next week. Uh, had a good show winning record on opening night last night, uh, including a, 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 one of my locks for the year. Uh, whenever you get the Delta Devils playing a very good Division One team, they lose by 70. And that's what they did. So got a shout out to my Delta Devils. Uh, odds on this truth, check those guys out. Chalkboard, if you're not in the group, please, please check us out. A lot of fun stuff going around. Uh, somebody talking every sport, some part of the day. Uh, so check them out. A lot of great information there. But we got college football to talk. We got stuff going on. Bobcat is in D.C. doing, I don't know, house of cards stuff. I just hope he's not pushing somebody uh, off a train platform. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we do have the creme de la creme here. I'll start off with Mr. Wednesday night. He is the self-proclaimed whole fucking show. He is Mr. CBD, Chris Van Dyne. Uh, Chris, uh, I'm not even going to address the picture in your background because we already have, but uh, how are you? Hopefully you're seeking treatment. Better than I was this particular day. Oh, fair uh, enough. I'm good, I'm good but I, uh, if my hair was as long as it was back then, I probably would. It would look right, like that right now because I've been run ragged this week. Uh, we have our college game of the year going this weekend in North Coast Sports. Really excited about that. We also, uh, coming off our totals game of the year winner on Georgia Missouri under. Uh, uh, JC, thank your dogs for me. Thank that dog's defense. They did exactly what we thought they would do. And they didn't run the score. We appreciated that. No dogs. Um, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we can continue and I can eventually get some sleep. Yeah, you'll need it. You know, it, it's just me, you, and JC that are going to see that picture. But for folks listening, it looks like the picture of a guy who had a very unsuccessful but highly acclaimed garage band 15 years ago. And he can't wait to tell you about it. So that's pretty much what it looks like. JC Shelton, writer, UGA Wire. Uh, he's our go-to dogs beat reporter. Uh, because they are laying the smack it down. I mean, it's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson every single week. Uh, big game this week, little rivalry game between JC and Chris over this. Hopefully, it shows up in one of y'all's picks later on. JC, we got cooking over there at UGA Wire. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee this week, like you said, I will go ahead and make the prediction that both me and Chris will have these in our lineup card. I can see Chris, it's on his face. Um, so if you, have to, if you haven't checked it out yet, UJ football live with JC Shelton, I'm having an episode push out just after we get off the show tonight, Wednesday night, but I'm sure you're not releasing this till Thursday, right, Stu, but tomorrow, check I'm it out. Re tonight release tonight, well. but basically, oh, never mind. Yeah. Like that. 
So as you're listening to this, UJ Wire is out. UJ Football Live with J.C. Shelton is out. Danelle Ellerby, a former Georgia linebacker, um, nine-time NFL pro, nine seasons, I should say, two-time Super Bowl champ. He was on talking linebackers, talking the differences between you know, offenses back when he was playing 04 in the SEC until now, totally different, as well as defenses as well. So we talked about that. And then uh, we're going to have some Tennessee-Georgia articles coming out as well. I, well I, I'm subscribed. You should be subscribed. Check it out because J.C. coming with the heat. I mean, he's not bringing Phil from the tailgate over to talk dogs football. And he's He's got real players, real dudes that know the game. So I'll be listening on my drive into work tomorrow morning. Salute, Thank brother. You, Thank you, Stu. Uh, let's kick it off. Only two games. We could have done more, but – I left off TAMU and Ole Miss just because I feel like we talk about TAMU and Ole Miss every single week. Um, so let's bring that back. Let's talk about a team we never really talk about because they're scumbags. Uh, the whiners from Ann Arbor that complain about the referees every week take on the Nittany Lions from State College, Pennsylvania, the fighting Sanduskies. They are giving one point. They are favored. Uh, I'll lead it off with our Big Ten expert, J.C. Shelton. So I really like this game, to be honest with you. I actually had it on my card before Stu texted us with what games we are going to be picking. Um, Yeah, I think that this being a new game kind of takes away that whole wideout vibe, obviously, off the get-go there. Um, I, I, when I look at these two teams, you know, Sean Clifford just makes me puke in my mouth a little bit, um, as most Big Ben 10 quarterbacks do. Um, and then on Michigan side, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see that team because of how well they play up front on defense to me. Um, one of the best front sevens in the country, best in the uh, Big Ten for sure, I think, you know, when I look at this, I, th- I think that Michigan is really going to run the ball, focus on keeping the ball away from Penn State, making it a knockout, dragout game like Big Ten usually is. I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than that Michigan-Michigan State game we saw a few weeks ago. Um, I think this is more of a field position type game. I think Michigan has the advantage there with that run game they have and the good defensive front. So give me Michigan here. I think they cover that. I think they actually – they're going to win by at least a touchdown um, here at Penn State. It's a noon game, too. I think that, I think that's good for Michigan. All right. Our Penn State expert and resident guru, CBD. Yeah, I, uh, I watched that Penn State game last week pretty intently. Um, me and my buddies have this group bet that we've been doing together, and it's are been we, on are, are you allowed to expand on that, or are you going to just wait? I, if you want me to, I don't. I, if, if you feel like it, I feel like you could talk about it now or you could talk about it at the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to give it another week. I don't want to jinx it because I really Fair haven't enough. talked about it. I don't want to. Let's wanna talk about it. it in a couple weeks, folks. This, it's a wild story that needs its own little part of the show. But continue, Chris. Anyways, um, but Penn State was a big play for us. Uh, and that game was tied in the fourth quarter. They did not look great. They were a one-man band last week. It was Jahan Dotson and Jahan Dotson and Jahan Dotson 
and some defense tied. They took a 10 point lead late and then it looked like we were going to get, you know, we were, we were actually getting 10. So it was looking like it was going to be a push. Then Maryland started driving and we're like, Oh man, they're going to kick a field goal and up covering this. And they didn't Talia threw a pick six <laughs> and that was awesome. So, uh, but point is Penn state didn't look great last week to me against the Maryland team that is missing two of their top three receivers really haven't been, uh, haven't been great defensively at all. Uh, their run defense struggles. Penn state can't run the ball. Michigan is gotten more balanced. Cade McNamara has actually been pretty solid. I like this Michigan team. I like the makeup. They should have beat Michigan state. No offense to, you know, if they, hold on to the ball in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, they, they, they literally done, the dumbest thing you've said, but continue. They did themselves a disservice fumbling in the, on a, what, a, a fumble exchange at 50 yard line in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, and JC put it very well, that noon kickoff kind of hurts Penn state. If this is a night game, it would have been really electric. People are just, they're not going to be drunk. They're not going to be wild. You know, they'll just be waking up. Uh, I do like Michigan to win this game. Arlene in power sweep was Penn State minus one. I kind of disagreed with that, but we didn't really want to use this game ourselves. But I do think Penn State, uh, I think Michigan's going to win this game. Harbaugh is going to finally get a big road win against the ranked team. Uh, A few things, a few quarrels with you, good sir. First off, there's a lot of Slovaks, Czechs, and Polacks in Pennsylvania. They got nothing going on, okay? They're, they're going to be drunk from the, the morning prior, okay? Not the night before, the morning prior. It, and so I think, I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Historically, Michigan has come into Happy Valley, and, and it's been tough. I mean, even if it was a night game, it, that doesn't really concern me that much because last time Michigan played in Happy Valley, Ronnie Bell uh, was right there. I don't know if you remember that game. Ronnie Bell dropped a game-winning touchdown, right? I so I think historically these teams are very equal. That's why the line is one. I think it stays within a field goal to, to six points. Uh I'll lean Michigan here for the sheer fact Corm is out, most likely out. Uh, he's a little banged up. Michigan's big problem on offense is they switch guys up left and right. And, and I think if you give one guy, that being Hassan Haskins, the rock, he'll have a chance to really get in a rhythm. And it really will help out Kate McNamara, who – you know, he has turned into a really good game manager. Uh, I, I've been anti-Penn State uh, all season long. I don't think they really have a great win. The win at Kinnick is cool, or the first half at Kinnick is cool, but I think we can all look at Iowa and look at how putrid that offense is and really kind of digest that. So, I'm going to lean Michigan here. I'm going to have to probably take a bath in bleach uh, after the game. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, go blue, pedophiles. Anyway, so let's go to the next one. I'll be at this one. Okay, 
7.30, Winston-Salem, home of Tim. I might be sitting next to Tim Duncan. I don't know. I don't know if he, he'll probably be there. NC State, the Wolfpack, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they're coming to Winston-Salem. It's going to be a fight against the Demon Deacons. Wake Forest laying two, over under 66. Hey, he looks like a Demon Deacon. Uh, CBD, why don't you start us off? Well, uh, you know, Wake Forest defense, obviously, last week really failed them. Uh, that, that was that was rough. They they but they were winning that game by 18 points in what late third, early fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah, looked like they had it under control and it slipped away. Um, NC State normally I'd say they have a huge defensive edge, but they're missing five defensive starters from the beginning of the season, including their All ACC linebacker Peyton Wilson, including their number two tackler. Uh, Isaiah Moore, I believe is, uh, yeah. Um, but they're missing, missing five defensive starters really depth is hurting a little bit. Um, I, and it's been a house of horrors in Winston-Salem for them. NC state is one in 11 ATS one in eight straight up when they travel to Winston-Salem. So I think Wake Forest off that loss, they bounce back. I think, I like both quarterbacks. I really do. Everything's still in front of them from a standings perspective, correct? Yeah. And I don't really think that Wake Forest, like, I don't think they're deflated because they're not going to go to the playoffs. Let's be real. Wake Forest was never going to run the table and go to the playoff. So their goal is the ACC championship game and to win the ACC. That's all in front of them, like you mentioned. I think they have the better offense playing against a banged up defense. And NC State never does well in Winston-Salem, even when Wake Forest doesn't have great teams. And this is the best team Wake that Dave Clawson's had because they brought back so many super seniors and it allowed them to have more depth than they have ever had because they play so many fifth-year seniors in the first place. Now they get these super seniors, the sixth-year guys. So that's been a big reason for Wake Forest resurgence this year. I think Wake Forest wins this game by about a touchdown. All righty, JC, get you a little bit of ACC football. It's cute if you uh, live in the SEC. JC, what do you think? Oh, you're muted, brother. We're live, pal. And JC missing oh, you, button. Listen, I was, I, was, I was holding my keyboard, and it just wasn't working. You know, I've been working so hard on this here laptop, boys and girls. It's just it's, it's too too hard for it to compute. Why are you call J-Boy? Why, why don't you sign the deal with J-Boy? Have J-Boy hook you up with his setup, man. I don't, I don't, I don't need that man's stuff. I got my own stuff going, you know. Right. Independent here, Stu. Anyway. I mean, let's get it's to ACC just a matter football. of time until you get swooped up by somebody, but that's neither here nor there. Go We're in talks. We're in talks. Let's <laughs> ACC football, lots of fun to watch. Um, it's like it's like watching a middle school basketball game, no defense, uh, a lot of you know, layups. Um, it, that game last week, it, was really, it really killed me because I had Wake, and I was so confident. I was so confident, guys. And then, of course, as things happen, UNC comes back, and there's just no defense played there. And it really kind of made me a little worrisome about this NC State team and, and if they could put up the amount of points that North Carolina kid, do they have the weapons? I just don't think they have the weapons. 
Um, that's what it comes down to for me. I mean, I, I like Leary at QB for NC State. I think he take care takes care of the ball. But can he keep up with Wake Forest? I mean, there were so many plays I watched Wake Forest last week, and I was just like, man, now not, not only is that a great play design, that but mash, also that, – That sustained mesh. Yeah, it's crazy it, to you, watch, You right? think you should have pressure on every single play, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, he because he the holds defense that actually ball has to stop. so long. Because if you overcommit and act like it's a pass, you're opening up running lanes. It, it's crazy. They they build time for the wideouts. It's it's insane. Yeah, it, as a former linebacker, it's it's almost. I mean, that would be so hard to defend because it's almost like a triple option with a short H back because you just can't see what's happening in the backfield. And as a linebacker, I mean, that's a lot of time. That's where your keys are. Um, so, so watching that Wake Forest and, and Hartman and holding it in Knight's hands, you know, for like 30 seconds before he pulls out, it seems. I mean, that, that's hard to defend. So I think Wake Forest is really just getting better as each week their offense is. So I think that it kind of makes up for their defensive issues. I don't think North Carolina State has the weapons that UNC has um, to, to really do that to Wake Forest. Um, a night game, though, is going to be fun to watch. And I know Stu's going to have a good time. You got to get, oh, you, you got to have a good time, Stu. Uh, and, and I think really Wake Forest for me here is the play. I, I agree with Chris. That's, I mean, we're all, we're all on the same page here. It seems like, guys, this is a magic Wednesday. I really no. hate to see it. Uh, well, we, we're going to take a quick break. Stand by some words from our friends at NC Sports. Uh, we're going to talk to our friends at In The Money Media. Remember, shout out Odds Honest Truth on the In The Money Media YouTube network. We'll be back after this with the best bets. Stay tuned. If you like the StuCast, you might want to check out what's going on over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com and on the In The Money Media network. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts devoted to horse racing from the player development side to the week in, week out gambling side to the horseman side. There's going to be a show for you. Come check us out in the moneypodcast.com and we look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. we got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season. All right, bets, best bets, best bets. I, I'm, I'm new at this. Best bets time. Uh, I feel like that uh, private part scene. I'm going to talk to Chris now, JC, because you don't know what I'm talking about. But you remember that private part scene where they're trying to talk to Sterney? He's like, uh, uh, 
hello new york hello new york and he's trying to yeah i feel like that's me right now um, wnbc wnbc there we go <laughs> jc jc's just having a drink like ah, i don't know that's what awesome these old movie. folks are saying it's a, howard stern's basically his life story yeah it's it's a decent watch i mean it's kind of yeah. anyway anyway jc shelton he's he's a georgia bulldog he's coming at you from athens georgia not to be confused with the bobcats from athens ohio jc shelton what do you like this week oh i always forget this i almost messed up jc shelton he's leading the league right now <clears throat> let me get the records down last week a percentage point it's okay though jc 27 16 and 2 good for 60 percent folks if you're hitting 60 percent on the season uh you, you you're really happy and and you're pretty damn good nine and five on his locks 10 four and one on his dogs uh last week missouri covering by half a point so that was good one and a half points whatever it was uh jc how are we getting paid this week brother all right so let's just go ahead and start with the two games we talked about um because they were also on my car before Stu even talked to us this week um, so give me wake and, and give me um give me michigan for sure um and then the next two here sorry guys we just i just had an injury update come through kind of out of place now no you're good you're all right, good. here we go. Here we go. Sorry, guys. Hey, injuries. Never stops. Dry never stops. Injuries. Yeah, injuries every day for Georgia football. It is incredible how many players have went down and or keep going down. I mean, there's not a lot of big-time injuries as far as losing to guys for the season except first part of the year. Uh, but just it seems like every day. Uh, I but anyway. feel like – quick sidebar, sorry to take you off things. Me and Chris were talking about this last week, I think, in our weekly phone call. If you look at Georgia's schedule coming up, no offense to our Vols fans, but it's Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech, who hasn't been good since 1904. Uh, I don't, I don't really think like I think you're going to see a lot of injuries and guys getting right uh, before we enter into that ass kicking you're going to give to the tie. Yeah, so we're going to have several guys back. Specifically at receiver, maybe one key receiver, and that's George Pickens. Um, Is Pickens so, coming back? Is he on Listen, so that's the crazy thing because from what I've heard Coach Smart say and what I've heard um, guys who have been to practices tell me is he's progressing a lot faster than anybody thought. Tore his ACL in the spring, start of spring, um, and, and is already doing – um, uh, scout team reps versus the ones I heard today. Now they're not, he's not full contact, right? So he's doing without contact. So there's no bump against the line of scrimmage, anything like that. But he is, he's already playing against one is ones and twos specifically on the scout team. So it's impressive that he's able to do that. Um, so he might get him back SEC championship. And if he's already here, I'm thinking playoff is more likely than not, which will be huge for Georgia. Matchup problem 
he's a matchup problem for anyone. I mean, he's 6'3", can jump out of the building. His cuts, his routes, his speed is, is amazing. And then you're going to get um, Dominic Blaylock back here as soon as well. And he was one of the freshman stars that we had a couple of years ago before a couple of ACL tears. Um, so those are a couple of big names for you guys to keep in mind when you're throwing money on Georgia games moving forward. Um, but the, the last three games I've got here, um, so Oklahoma at Baylor here. This is my locks to Baylor plus five and a half at home versus an Oklahoma team that has covered, help me guys, I think twice this season or once. Um, and their issues playing down to talent and teams is amazing to me. It's like Oklahoma has – you know, remember Clemson used to have that thing called Clemsoning before Dabo really turned that around with Deshaun Watson and and Trevor Lawrence. Um, they, they just – they play down to their opponents. And I, I don't – I think Williams is really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they're – against like Kansas last week as well. I, I just don't see them doing anything enough to really go somewhere on the road to a team like Baylor, who is – I know lost last week, uh, but, you know, looking forward to this game could have hurt them a little bit. But going on the road to Baylor and, and having five and a half, I think if Oklahoma wins, it's going to be by a field goal. I think it's the last, te- last team who has it wins kind of game to me because uh, I do like Baylor and I like their offense, especially with the running quarterback too. Um, so that's your lock. And then we got Georgia at Tennessee. My other lock. Georgia. The, so we get lost with Tennessee's offense, right? And I think that's good. I, I like to see Tennessee good. I like to see Tennessee hyped because it's a fun to play them, right? It's a good rivalry. I love rivalries. That's what you live for in, in college football. And I like to see Tennessee with some hype and some confidence behind them. I think Heupel's doing a great job. Better job than I think anybody thought. I'm interested to hear what Chris has to say about that. But the offense is good. I mean, I like Kendon Hooker. I do. I think he's done some good stuff. And and I like the way that the offense really keeps that defense, you know, on its on its back feet at all times, right? Because they're hurrying the off the hurrying the offense so much. They they go faster than almost anybody in the country. And Kirby Smart spoke on that. Um, but what's interesting to me is if you look at this game with Georgia's offense, Tennessee's offense, we're not talking about Georgia actually scores more points per game. They're second in the SEC, Tennessee's third. I know it's by point two, um, but still, they're right up there with them, and they're actually a little bit ahead of them. And Stetson Bennett is a big reason for that, and we don't talk about that. That's 11.4 yards per pass Stetson Bennett has. But then Tennessee's the one with the air raid offense going over the top, right? Well, that's 10.2 yards per pass for Hendon Hooker. Um, he does have 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. Stetson's got 14 to four. Um, but, you know, Stetson really relies on that run game, and Georgia controls the game so much, we don't really throw it down the field. We haven't been in a knockout, dragout game. I feel like Tennessee's in a game like that every week. Um, I, I really look at this Georgia – not sorry, Tennessee-Alabama matchup um, to look back on and kind of game plan for this one. Um, Tennessee, Alabama's defense is nowhere near Georgia's in points per game, yards per game, any of those categories. Um, but their offense is, right? Alabama's offense is the number one in the SEC. They get teams off balance with running pass, not so much last week against LSU with a rush, um, but they do. So I look back in this game, it gives me an idea, okay, Alabama's, Alabama's defense not as good as Georgia's, so let's take a few points off that just off the start. Um, I know it's a kneeling, a 330 kick, going to be a good environment. Georgia has played environments like this most of the year. 
huge environments, a lot of hype behind it. It's not going to be a stranger to Georgia, Tennessee either, but I'll just say that Georgia's not going to play down in this situation. Um, so I'm expected to be a game is like Georgia's played all year. Um, the dominant defense, the guys are healthy on defense right now. I know we did lose Adam Anderson, an outside linebacker, but that's why Georgia has more five stars than anybody in the country this season, right? The outside linebacker position is going to be fine. Um, even if Xavier Sorry, the freshman, has to come in, he, I've heard so much good things about him. And then Jamon Dumas-Johnson has been playing well as well. So I think, okay, this defense is going to play up to their potential, 6.6 um, points per game. Um, I think really it's a 42-13 to 13 win for Georgia. Um, I think Hooker's going to have some gash plays. They're going to move the ball. But the thing is, when you think about it, is this, this is not a good matchup for Tennessee whatsoever because you have that offense on the field. If they go three and out, this Georgia defense is built for three and outs. If you go three and out against Georgia, you give, Jay, you give Stetson Bennett the ball with Zamir White and these guys running the ball. Offensive line has been playing really well. You let them control the clock. That's, that's a bad news for Tennessee. That defense is going to be so gassed so soon. I can see him sticking with them for a quarter or two, but I really think it's like a 42-13 game. And then Purdue at Ohio State. This is my dog of the week, Purdue plus 20. I just – I think everybody's going to take this, right? Purdue's already knocked off number two Iowa, number three Michigan State. Sorry, Stu. So, I like uh, Purdue here. Too soon. Too soon, Frank. But hey, uh, said, sorry. I've got 20 and a half. I've got 20 and a half for Purdue. 20 and a half. Okay. Well, I had that, – That's have... a line that hasn't moved all week either, well, which I, is – That's weird. I got it on mine as 20. But what did I have Georgia at? I had the 20.5, right? I have Georgia at 20. Oh, that's weird. So I've got those swapped. I might have done that. Um, but, yeah, anyway, still taking that. Thanks for the update there, Stu. Yes, um, sir. Same thing with Ohio State. You know, they kind of play down. I, I didn't like what they did last week. You know, it, it's kind of frustrating to watch. I really wish the teams that are really good would play well. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. It would be nice to have a definitive best teams in college football because right now three through – what, three through ten is just – it's weird to me in the college football playoff, but we can get into that later. Uh, but, yeah, that's my last one. That's my dog of the week, uh, Purdue. Some would say two through ten are really weird. But uh, yeah. I'm excited for that show when you and uh, Bobcat get together to preview the conference championships. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And when I'll add one thing more thanks to. Okay. When you talk about this Georgia team, I mean, they're number one, so everybody's thinking about them or at least talking about them. Number, they're the only team in college football to have a top 10 offense, top 10 defense. And the offense gets really overshadowed. But what they do with Stetson Bennett, especially in getting teams off balance with that zone read, rushing RPOs, is incredible. And it's really for Todd Monken. It's not – I don't think it's anything on really Kirby. Uh, but Todd Monken's really took control of this offense, and it's his play calling has been tremendous. That's all I'll say. I buy it. Uh, and just as a heads up to Chris, I told you, should have bet North Florida, Texas A&M, under. But what do I know? Uh, CVD, let's get after it. You're coming in third on the show. Drop a, drop a half a percent, 26, 20 and two on the year, 54%, eight and two on the locks, even. 500 on the dogs. What do you got for us? All right. Um, first, I'll get into the Tennessee game a little bit. Uh, I think the way Tennessee's defense has played, especially 
if you really look back since the old Miss game, is Tim Banks is running a bend but don't break defense. They're trying as hard as they can to not let anyone beat him over top. And they're not sending a lot of pressure. They're not bringing linebackers very often, which if you look, especially with their issues on third down, going back to all the way back to the Ole Miss game, what they're not accounting for is the quarterback run. Uh, you know, Corral ended up running the ball for, I think he ended up with, what, 30 carries for about 195 yards that game. Um, it was a little bit of the same thing last weekend. Will Levis, he didn't have crazy rushing numbers, but he did pull the, the ball down on some key third down plays. They are very uh, passive in those third downs, and that's why teams are just holding the ball forever on them. Tennessee's offense has been able to make up for that with big plays. I don't think you're going to get those big plays against Georgia, so that obviously is a huge concern. But I do think that they're going to make Georgia work for everything they do uh, on offense. But Georgia's offense is built for, you know, they can have a 12-play drive and just run it down your throat. So that, again, that's a little bit of a concern. Um <clears throat> I don't feel great about this game as a Tennessee fan, obviously. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to win the game. I do think they can hang around for a half. They were only down seven into the fourth quarter against Alabama. I thought they played pretty well that night. Uh, last week, I, it, the game didn't go as I expected, but I did think they'd win the game, and they did. Um, I see this as maybe more of a 38-20 game because I do think that they'll – maybe punch one more in than Georgia's seen all year. Uh, it, the the speed of the offense might catch them off guard, uh, get get something open downfield. I, I do wonder if you, maybe you can tire Georgia's defense out a little bit by the fourth quarter. But like JC said, and I've been concerned about looking at this game, you can't go three and out on Georgia's defense and – turn around and have the deep to have Tennessee's defense on the field for a long time. So CBD, I, do you like, so I'm going to put you down Tennessee first half plus 10. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I, I that, that Georgia Florida game was close. If you take away two and a half minutes of a uh, of football where Georgia had some big plays, suddenly that's a pretty even game. So I, I don't feel great about it. Normally it wouldn't be one of my best bets, I'll be honest. But since it's Georgia, Tennessee, JC's here, I'm here. I'll put my faith in the balls. Hey, in your face, uh, JC, he agrees with you, and it'll be a close game at half. Tennessee, first half, plus 10. Suck on it long and hard like a warhead because you're a child. CBD. All right. All right. For my lock, I'm going to go Notre Dame on the road against Virginia. Virginia is playing an absolutely meaningless game for themselves. Uh, prior to the bye week, Bronco Mendenhall's defense gave up more yards and more points than he's ever allowed in his career. Virginia's defense is terrible. And it's not a one-game thing. That's been happening repeatedly. They gave up 699 yards to North Carolina earlier this year. Not that Notre Dame's offense is all that spectacular, but there's a there's a factor in this game that some people know about, uh, some some might not. Brennan Armstrong, prior to the bowl or tr prior to the bye week against BYU, injured his rib and kept yelling to the sideline, "It's broken, it's broken." So he 
very likely has broken ribs. Um, being that this game is meaningless, being that they play Pitt on deck in a game that's going to decide the ACC Coastal, why, if you're if you're Bronco Mendenhall, who I think is a pretty smart coach, why would you possibly risk your starting quarterback? And if you don't have him, I just don't see how you can hang with Notre Dame, who has a much better defense than you, who is running the ball pretty well lately. And I, I just think that Notre Dame has a huge edge at the quarterback position now if Virginia is going to turn around and have to start a five foot ten true freshman who is actually a better baseball player than he is a football player. Um, so I, I think Notre Dame pulls away in this game by the second half. Virginia will hang tough because they're, they're a good home team. But, again, meaningless game. Notre Dame should win this game. For my dog, I'm going to go to the Pac-12, which is normally a curse for me, and it was last week too. But I'm going to play against Oregon again. Screw Washington. Their offense just sucks. And, and their basketball team can go straight to hell. How do you lose to Northern Illinois? I know. Whatever. Continue, Chris. Uh, the Washington State's covered six straight. Jaden Deloria has been red hot since he came back from uh, – this Cooper team is playing well. And on the road against Arizona State by 13, I don't think they'll be intimidated by the atmosphere. Oregon was trailing that game uh, for a long time against Washington, whose offense is putrid. And just I thought that Washington, frankly, just got in their own way more than anything, uh, as much as Oregon good. So, uh, seems to play down to the level of a lot of uh, Washington State getting two touchdowns is a pretty good investment. A um, couple other games I'm going to throw out there, Stu. Virginia Tech at home against Duke. They've lost three straight games in Blacksburg. I know Burmeister's banged up, but, you know, whether he plays or not, I don't really care because Duke can't score on the road. They average 11 points per game on the road. In their last three ACC road games, they've combined for 14 points, and they're not getting shut out by good defenses. They got shut out by Virginia's defense, the same defense that gave up 699 to North Carolina, same defense that gave up, what was it, 66 points to BYU or something. Um, so that, that Virginia defense is terrible. They shut Duke out. Okay, Virginia Tech's got a much better defense. They will do something similar to Duke's offense. Duke is a one-man show. Mateo Durant's a really good running back, but the rest of that offense stinks. So I will lay 10 with Virginia Tech at home for sure. I don't think they'll have a problem with the Blue Devils. I think that uh, line's will, going up to 11. That's fine. That's fine. They win that game by touchdowns. Uh, two more games are up there. Uh, UTSA, I gave this away in the Power Sweep podcast. Definitely check that out. Minus 33 against Southern Miss. Southern Miss has failed to cover all eight games versus FBS competition. UTSA is on a vastly different plane. I don't think they'll have any trouble absolutely blowing out the worst offense in the country, speaking of bad offenses. Is that game Southern, at Southern Miss? No, it's at UTSA. And I, I, I think this will be for the worst offense in the country, averaging, I think, 252 yards per game. And they're bad. They're down to the third-string quarterback, walk-on kid Jake Lang, and he has not been very good. Offensive line has given up 41 sacks 
And we saw what happened with UTSA on the road last week. I think they'll come back and just do damage to a bad team. And I'm going to also throw out Middle Tennessee, minus 10 at home against FIU. FIU is down 25 players. Butch Davis said this week, uh, we've had more players get surgery than I've ever seen. They're totally banged up. It's not a COVID issue or anything. They're just missing a bunch of guys. And they've been terrible too. Middle Tennessee last week, Started a true freshman quarterback through five interceptions. FIU doesn't turn. They have two interceptions all season. This is a terrible defense mixed with a terrible offense, mixed with just a bad football team and a coach who is probably on his way out because uh, Butch Davis, his contract expires this year, and it doesn't look like they're going to re-sign him. They haven't even seemed to uh, negotiated with him. He has no idea what's going on. So. Program's kind of in flux. Uh, I'll take Middle Tennessee. And also uh, one more, Stu, throw out Wisconsin minus 25 against Northwestern. Another team, terrible team, great defense. I think Wisconsin will take care of business. All righty. I'm going to be short and sweet, folks. 47, 37-1, 55% on the year. I got uh, – I, I, I'm coming off my game of the year. I gave out a game of the year. It hits. A lot of people made some money. Happy about that. Let's keep the train going. I, I, Chris, what do I always say about life's too short, brother? Life's too short to bet the under. It Go is. Ahead. I, I got, Go ahead. I got four over plays. And I do have an under uh, late edition based on what CBD said. Uh, we'll get to those. Let me give you uh, my spread plays. I'm in agreement with you on UTSA. Minus 33 makes a ton of sense. Uh, give me the Hilltoppers. Again, I I'm contractually obligated. They keep covering these 18, 17-point spreads against really bad teams. I think they do it here again against Rice. And look out. Western Kentucky got a big game against Florida Atlantic, against Marshall, two winnable games. And all of a sudden, those plus 1,000 future tickets on the Hilltoppers start coming alive. I love it. Uh, we're getting close, folks. Give me the Hilltoppers. Uh, Notre Dame minus six for everything you said. I'm going against JC here. Uh, Oklahoma minus six. I, Baylor cost me twelve hundred bucks. I'm going to be upfront and honest about it. Cost Just me twelve hundred. Also, Stu, Oklahoma has actually covered three of their last four. Thank They've you. covered every game except for Kansas since Caleb Williams took over. They covered against Texas, Texas Tech, and TCU. Didn't cover against Kansas. Well, you know, Kansas. Man, Baylor knows, might win now if you're picking them. It, it's a football. <laughs> It's a football bastion. I mean, some say it's the birthplace of college football. I don't know. Um, look, I watched that Baylor-TCU game, and I may have said a curse word in front of my four-year-old. I got put in timeout. Greg Bohannon is awful. He cannot throw the ball. He is awful. Uh, yes, they can run, and they'll get points because this Oklahoma defense is – about as safe as a, a Travis Scott concert, because I, I mean, they just cannot stop anybody. They, it, anybody. Uh, 
So I like Oklahoma minus six here. Even that said, Baylor was getting just pummeled by the deep pass. And it's happened in consecutive weeks. It happened against Texas and it happened against TCU. And, you know, I, as much as I like to, you know, go hook them, uh, Caleb Williams to whoever he's thrown to is much more potent than anything that Casey Thompson's doing to Worthy or Winnington and whatever the hell uh, was happening in TCU. So give me Oklahoma minus six. Now my totals plays. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll save my last spread. It's a dog uh, for later. My totals plays. I like over in Cuse, Louisville, over 55. It's a low number, but I, I mean, I could see both teams. Both teams' defenses aren't the most amazing thing. I can see both hitting close to 30, being right around it. I'm going to take a shot with it. They seem like that seems like a line that probably is three to five points lower than what it probably should be. Uh, and again, Schrader's turning into Eric Dungy 2.0, and I love the cues here uh, in Louisville for points. So over 55 there. Going back to Oklahoma Baylor, give me over 62 and a half. I, I, I think it's probably like a 45-31 type game. Uh, so I'll take the over there. Give me Purdy. And Ohio State over 62 and a half. Again, and I don't know if it's just me. Maybe you guys can chime in. 62, 62 and a half. It seems like that's a number where it's just kind of this year. It's kind of falling over. It's it's like trap games. If people want to bet the under because it's like, ah, you know, that's a little bit too much. The low 60 numbers are, are hitting constantly. There's no scientific backup for that statement. Um, but I, I feel like that's the case so far this year. Maybe something to go back and look at. I am going to give one under. Uh, MTSU, FIU, under 56. Thank you for the uh, update, Chris. I'm going to go to my dog. I'm sharing it with JC this week. That Purdue, I, I, that's a rat line. That is a rat line if I've ever seen one. Maybe I'm walking into it with JC, but uh, damn it, I'm going to do it. We're going to hold hands together and skip into the sun. I'd love uh, to hold your hands too. Oh, thank you. And I got a double lock. I got a double lock this week. I got a double game, single game parlay lock of the week. Wake Forest minus two over 66. Let's go. JC's dog is ready to go. CVD is, I don't know. He looks like a guy who just got a concussion. He's ready to go. If you're in Winston-Salem, holler if you hear me. Um, and, uh, oh, by the way, uh, there was a deep drive to left by Nick Cassianos tonight. So stay tuned. Uh, we got a lot of shows for you. Check out NC Sports. Check out UGA Wire. Thank you, fellas, as always. And we will see you next week on the Stupid.